Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Hello, yeah, it's been a while, not much, how about you? I'm not sure why I called, I guess I really just wanted talk to you and I was thinking maybe later on we could get together for a while it's been such a long time and I really do miss your smile I'm not talking about moving in and I don't want to change your life but there's a warm wind blowing and the stars are Welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. Joel Richardson is my special guest this hour. He is a recognized authority on the subject of Islam. Joel is a best-selling author, human rights activist, and popular speaker. He is the author of... Antichrist, Islam's Awaited Messiah, an analysis of Islamic apocalyptic belief, co-author of God's War on Terror, and the co-editor on Why We Left Islam, former Muslims speak out. Joel has lived in the Middle East, uh, nations of Egypt, Jordan, Israel, and Palestine territories, and has been deeply involved with both the study of Islam and interfaith dialogue with Muslims for the past 14 years. Joel has appeared on numerous radio and television programs, including The Gordon Liddy Show, The Dennis Miller Show, National Public Radio, and many others. And he's with us tonight here on the Exxon. And Joel Richardson, welcome to the Exxon. Thank you very much for having me on tonight, Rob. It's my pleasure, Joel. Tell me, Joel, how did you get involved in writing about Islam? Well, as you mentioned, I've been involved 
with interfaith dialogue with Muslims uh, on and off, really, for the past 14 years. Mm-hmm. And um, for any Christians that have been involved in, uh, uh, let's say, having dialogue with Jehovah's Witnesses, they know that um, there are certain sects and cults and religions that are very much trained to uh, to do battle, if you will, with Christians, and Muslims are foremost among those. So when you get involved with... Uh, with having conversations with Muslims, you're going to be challenged on nearly every issue uh, that you can imagine. And as a result, over the years, uh, as I've as I've uh, walked through this this uh, season of interfaith dialogue, I've had seven or eight different books going at any given time, and I've studied virtually any uh, subject that you can imagine, from the development of the canon of the Bible to early church history to uh, to unusual subjects such as Islamic apocalyptic belief. And uh, it was really several years ago that I, I became heavily interested in what Muslims believe about the end of the world and virtually read uh, every book uh, available on the subject in English. And um, in, in 2004, I began writing my first book, which is called Antichrist, Islam's Way to Messiah, uh, with the effort to try to make the world more aware uh, of this fairly esoteric subject, um, but a, a fascinating subject at that. What is the Muslim um, apocalyptic view? Well, in a, in a very similar way to uh, what Christianity has taught, Muslims believe that at the end of the age there would be uh, the emergence of a handful of um, very clear uh, apocalyptic signs in the uh, the emergence of a few uh, apocalyptic characters, uh, and Muslims have very similar beliefs to to Christians, except uh, what I say is that they they have an anti-parallel view. So Islam has essentially taken all of the good guys, mm-hmm. if you will, of the uh, biblical story, and they've made them into the bad guys, and they've taken all of the bad guys and they've turned them around into the good guys. So they have this anti-parallel view. They've taken everything that the Bible refers to in the last days and speaks of as evil, and it refers to that as good, and it refers to everything that the Bible refers to as good, and it makes it out to be evil. You and I have to take a two-minute commercial break, Joel. We'll be back on the other side. Joel Richardson is our special guest. His website is www.joels-trumpet.com, J-O-E-L-S hyphen trumpet. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. And then the show is repeated in its entirety from 2 a.m. until 6 a.m. 1-877-528-8255 is toll-free. My email address is exxon at talkstarradio.com. Joel Richardson and I return on the other side of this two-minute break. As we continue live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologist. Facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God. Love one another. 
Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Joel, is Islam truly a religion of peace, as President Bush and many others claim? Well, uh, you know, that's an important question. I wish the uh, United States would would get clear on it. Uh, The irony is that when we have an individual such as Adam Yahya Gadan or Johnny Walker Lind Mm -hmm. from California who converts to Islam and goes to the mosque and learns about Islam and then follows Islam, all the way to Pakistan in order to try to better his uh, his practice of Islam, we arrest them as uh, enemy combatants or terrorists. And so the question is, which is it? Uh, is Islam a religion of peace, or are these individuals enemy combatants and terrorists? The United States needs to, to get this down. The fact of the matter is, is that Islam is and has been, from its very inception, after the pattern of its founder, Muhammad, a violent, militaristic, uh, totalitarian ideology, and it is, in fact, the antithesis of, uh, of a religion of peace. Hmm. Now, how important is the subject of the end times within Islam? Uh, well, there's a, a famous tradition within... Do we, have, do we still have uh, Joel there? Stephanie, is Joel there? Okay, do you want to get him back up, please? All right, uh, we're, uh, we just had a technical glitch. We're going to be getting Joel Richardson back on. Um, Joel is a recognized authority on the subject of Islam. Joel is the best-selling author, human rights activist, and popular speaker. He is the author of Antichrist, Islam's Awaited a Messiah, The Analysis of Islamic Apocalyptic Belief, co-author of God's War on Terror, and the co-editor of Why We Left Islam, Former Muslims Speak Out. And uh, he's going to be back with me momentarily. Okay, he's back with us. Hi, Joel. Sorry about that, Rob. I, I, I've been having trouble lately here. Yeah, within Islam, uh, uh, belief in, in the end times is an essential, essential belief, literally mm-hmm. 
uh, the Quran says, you must believe in Allah and his prophet and in the last day, and then in the angels and in the, uh, the final judgment. So it literally mentions the belief in the last day immediately after you must believe in Allah and his prophet is an indispensable aspect of Islam. Christianity, is, is belief in the end times, has almost become an optional uh, doctrine. Within Islam, it is, it is, it is primary. Now, what are some of the basic beliefs that Muslims believe about the end of the world? Okay. Well, let me get a little bit more specific. I was right. beginning to touch on it before the break. Um, uh, to try to contextualize it, within the Bible, the basic template for the end times is that there will be uh, an individual known as the Antichrist, mm-hmm. and he will be assisted. he will be assisted by someone known as the false prophet. And these two individuals will gather a coalition of nations from throughout the world, and they will take this coalition, and as military leaders, they will attack the nation of Israel. They will establish their rule over the world from the Temple Mount. They will slaughter Jews. Uh, Eventually, the Antichrist himself will demand to be worshipped. The uh, false prophet will assist him in this process. And, uh, and they will declare, uh, essentially, a one-world religion. Now, uh, eventually, according to the Bible, Jesus himself will return from heaven to defeat these individuals, and he will, uh, def- he will return as a defender against the aggressors. Now, within the Islamic template, you have a character, first and foremost, known as Imam al-Mahdi. Now, some of you may have heard uh, the president of Iran discussing Imam al-Mahdi. This is the primary... Islamic Messiah figure, and he will be assisted, according to Islam, by an individual known as Isa al-Masiha, that's Jesus the Messiah. He will be the assistant to the Mahdi. These individuals will raise up a coalition of Islamic nations, they will attack Israel, they will slaughter Jews, they will establish the Islamic Caliphate, or the Caliphate, from the Temple Mount, they will declare that Islam is the only religion that can be practiced throughout the earth, and then they will, uh, they will, as as I mentioned, slaughter Jews mm-hmm. and literally eliminate Jews. The final Holocaust, the uh, the famous Islamic tradition that is cited daily in the Palestinian mosques and really throughout the Islamic world. It was just this week removed from the University of Southern California website. Is that the day of resurrection will not come? until the Muslims fight against the Jews and kill them, until there are only a few Jews left hiding behind a tree or a rock, and the tree of the rock will cry out and say, Oh, faithful Muslim, there is a Jew behind me. Come and kill him. And this will be carried out by the uh, Islamic al-Mahdi and as who they believe to be Jesus Christ. Then, according to Islam, the Antichrist, who they refer to as Ad-Dajjal, will come, and they will, uh, he will be followed by Jews, and of course he will be defeated by Imam al-Mahdi and by uh, this individual known as Isa al-Masih. So you can see how Islam has a, a, an identical story to yes. what the Bible teaches, except it's completely twisted it on its head. I was wondering if you could tell us about what the Muslims believe about the mark of the beast. Well, this is, uh, this is another very interesting uh, anti-parallel, because the Bible teaches that in the last days that all, uh, all people throughout the world 
will be forced to accept a badge of identification, a mark, and there's been all sorts of discussion and debate about this, on their forehead or on their right arm. And this will be a mark that will identify them with the final uh, end-time Antichrist religion. Now, what Muslims have done is they've borrowed and stolen from various Christian and Jewish traditions, and they formed their own apocalyptic traditions. And so when Muslims read about the beast in, in the uh, book of Revelation, they don't realize that it's figurative, and the beast is actually referring to an empire. So Muslims believe that at the end of the age, a literal beast will emerge out of the sands of Mecca in Saudi Arabia, and this beast will be, uh, surprise, surprise, he will be a good beast. And this beast will mark the foreheads of all true Muslims. He will have this sort of magic wand, and he will mark the foreheads of all true Muslims. So Muslims literally with regard to the end times, are hoping and praying that they will be considered worthy to receive the mark of the beast. Everything is, is turned right around. Yep, exactly, exactly. And when you take that a step further, yes. uh, what I articulate in, uh, in, uh, with Walid Shobat, Walid is a former uh, Palestinian terrorist, in the book God's War on Terror, what we articulate, or what we argue, is that when the Bible speaks in Revelation 13 and 17 of the emergence of the beast in the end times, that it's speaking of an empire, and specifically the revival of the Islamic empire. After Muhammad died, uh, his successors, the, the caliphs, went on to establish uh, an Islamic empire, and it's existed in various forms, in the Umayyad and the Abbasid, and eventually the Ottoman caliphates, and that this empire in 1924 was essentially uh, broken up by the colonizing European powers, and the, the office of the caliph was abolished by Mustafa Kemal Ataturk in Turkey. And what we, what we uh, argue is that in the last days, this empire will revive, and it will reform throughout the Middle East. And in fact, we're seeing that very thing taking place today, and, uh, and that we will eventually see the reestablishment of the caliphate. So this is what we believe is, is uh, the beast, if you will. It is the it is uh, this this being that's described, you know, as this beast with uh, seven heads and ten ten horns and so forth. Um, and so, interestingly enough, again, Islamic tradition teaches that the beast would emerge from where it is a beast that would emerge from out of the earth, from Mecca. So, uh, you know, in, in the Bible, again, I believe that the, the Bible teaches that the, the, the last day's empire would literally emerge out of Arabia, out of Mecca, out of the, the womb of Arabia from where Islam burst forth. You would eventually have the, uh, the bursting forth onto the earth of this Islamic beast empire. And likewise, Islam teaches that the beast would emerge out of Mecca to mark the heads of all of the, the true Muslims. There are so many similarities, and yet there are so many differences. And, and I'm, where did all this come from? Well, uh, Rob, I'm not sure about you, but when I look at this, uh, you know, to me, um, when I look at the, the various designs throughout mm -hmm. the earth, I look at all of the various laws of science, I see the clear hand of a designer. I see intelligent design. Yes. And when I look at when I look at the multiple parallels, I say 
this is more than mere coincidence. This is more than mere coincidence. And really, for someone who does believe in the Bible, the only option that one is left with is that there was the hand of an intelligent being, an intelligent evil being, in the history and the development of Islam. And that being can be none other than, than Satan, than Lucifer. Uh, you know, there are various human reasons that Christian, Christians were converting to Islam back and forth, and traditions were borrowed, but the end result is that Muslims throughout the world today have been set up. They have a 1,400-year-old prophetic tradition that teaches them to welcome the Antichrist when he comes with open arms, as if he is the Messiah, as if he is their Savior. Joel, stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Joel Richardson is our special guest, www.joels-trumpet.com. Joel and I will be back on the other side of the news as the Exxon continues right here on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, I am here with you, the members of the Exxon Nation. Our website's www.exxoneradio.com, exxonetv.com, and exxoneipod.com. We'll be back after the news. Don't go away. Choosing someone to help guide you through deep financial waters is an important as well as very personal decision. Let me tell you good news. You have a friend in the loan business who is sincerely anxious to help you when you need it. The toll-free number, in case you ever do need it, is 1-866-464-1800. There will be an interested, caring, and friendly voice at the other end of the line when you call Prime Pacific Capital. I know it's not every day you need advice on consolidating credit cards or getting a home loan or getting a lower interest rate, but when you do need help, that's no time to take chances. Call 1-866-464-1800 or visit www.talkstarradio.com. Call 1-866-464-1800 and introduce yourself to your friend in the money business. But don't ask for free samples. I already tried that. (laughs) It doesn't work. Call 1-866-464-1800. Amethyst works with your guides, angels, and spirit animals to assist you in catalyzing your inner healer, clearing your psychic and spiritual debris, integrating your lost soul parts, illuminating your journey, energizing your spirit, opening your psychic senses, exercising your multidimensional gifts, activating your purpose, empowering your soul, validating your experiences, navigating life's transitions, guiding your process, awakening your spiritual essence, balancing your energies, tapping into the creative flow, realizing your dreams, visioning your destiny, dreaming your world into being, being who you really are. Amethyst is an Exxon iPod partner and can be visited online at www.answersfromyourangels.com or from your Exxon iPod by touching the Angels widget on the main screen. Amethyst, www.answersfromyourangels.com. Back in Victorian England, a famous theologian posed a perplexing riddle. Why are the two top personalities in the Bible tagged with the numbers 7 and 11? 
Academics agree the answer is found in the stunning discovery of a hitherto secret Bible structure explained in a new book called The Genesis Grid. The discovery is so simple that preschool children could illustrate it. Certain claims are hugely controversial and may offend some, but at the X-Zone, we've studied this awesome new book and agree with one expert, and I quote, These discoveries appear to be beyond coincidence. So who or what hid this wonderful pattern in the Bible, and what might they do next? Find out more, X-Zone Nation, and read reviews on www.genesisgrid.co.uk. That's www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. The X-Zone radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the X-Zone radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Richardson is our special guest. His website is joels-trumpet.com. And uh, Joel, is there any way that we can all live in harmony without this this uh, constant threat of war or the constant threat of the uh, 
the tension that that we're living with these days and what's going on in the Middle East? Is there any any way that we can ascertain global peace? Well, absolutely. Um, the day will come, as I mentioned, when Jesus himself will return from heaven and he will uh, destroy those who are bound and determined not to have peace. Uh, you know, unfortunately, there is evil in the world. Mm-hmm. And when you, ha- when you have 1.4, 1.5 billion individuals who have been uh, born uh, into a tradition which teaches them that they cannot have utopia, they cannot have Islamic paradise until, as I mentioned earlier, until the Jews are killed, until... Uh, the final Holocaust is completed. You know, how can we expect the nation of Israel to uh, to sit down at the table with individuals like this who are determined to kill them and treat them as peace partners? It's really unfair of President Bush and Condoleezza Rice to go over and expect uh, the Israelis to, to accept a peace with a people, 70% of which want to see them destroyed. Now, uh, as you mentioned earlier, I've lived in the Middle East, and... Yes. You know, a good percentage of the Israelis are members of the Labour Party. They're they're individuals that want nothing more but to have a place somewhere in the world where they can raise their children without fear of uh, of, of being killed simply because they're Jews. And uh, for that reason, the Bible gives us the, the the glad tidings that the day will come when Jesus Himself will return and He will give. Uh, he will give the nation of Israel peace with her surrounding nations, uh, the surrounding neighbors, but the peace will come after victory. The peace will come uh, after Jesus himself specifically destroys the nations that are bound and determined to destroy Israel. And unfortunately, uh, until then, uh, we won't have peace. What was it like living over there? Well, it depends where you are. Um, you know, the nation of Israel itself is a very, very, very liberal nation. Um, the majority of Israelis are not religious. Uh, it's, it's, you know, in certain places, it's not much different than living uh, in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely a very, uh, very loose society. On the other hand, when you cross the border from Israel into Egypt, uh, it's it's similar to crossing from, uh, you know. San Diego into uh, Baja, Mexico, you know, you, you've entered into a completely different world. And now, and now let me mention, you know, I mean, I've obviously been a little bit hard on the Islamic tradition. Um, I love Muslim people. Arabic culture is an incredibly uh, uh, hospitable culture. You know, people will welcome, welcome you into their homes to sit down, to drink tea, to chat, and there is certainly a, a majority of Muslims who are, and I'm not going to say uh, moderate Muslims, I'm going to say they're liberal Muslims. Although they are raised under Islam, they choose to follow their conscience as opposed to following uh, the example of Muhammad, who himself was a very violent individual, a very narcissistic, uh, controlling individual, filled with intolerance and hatred. And so there are certainly many Muslims that are liberal Muslims who do not follow strictly the violent tenets of Islam and so forth. And I tend to really, really love that culture. I mean, yeah. I, I, I fit in very well with it. Unfortunately, there are those who, who do follow Islam, the fundamentalists who do follow the Quran and the example of Muhammad, and uh, they make it very difficult. When I was um, when I was uh, in the the city of uh, Khordada, uh, which is um, 
called Hurgada in, in English. It's a Kurdaka in Arabic. I uh, walked up to the scene of what was the first uh, uprising of Al-Ikhwan, the, the Egyptian Brotherhood, and that night there were six people that had been murdered about probably a minute before I walked into the scene, and there were a few German tourists and a few uh, Egyptian locals that had been murdered. Oh, and, uh, you know, this this type of thing now is, is happening quite frequently in Egypt. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, my, my mother's warning, you can't go over there, it's dangerous, you know, was was proven true. But, uh, you know, the truth being, you're, you're probably less safe in Chicago today than you are in many, many sections of the Middle East. But, um, but it's certainly a different world Uh certainly a very different world than what we're used to over here. What are some of the proofs, Joel, that we are truly living in the end times? Well, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the Bible makes it very clear that in the last days there would be uh, an empire that would reemerge from the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And the Bible gives us very specific names and locations of the the, the nations that would be part of this uh, this last day's empire. Uh, specifically, is the book of uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel 38-39, mentions that we would see uh, the emergence of the empire led by Turkey, Syria, Lebanon, Iran, Libya, Sudan, that these nations would begin to form a coalition, and, and then it says, and many nations with you. And today we are literally seeing the emergence of this uh, this coalition of nations, this unification of the the radical nations of Iran, Syria, Lebanon. Uh, political commentators refer to this as the Shia Crescent. We've recently seen the election of the AKP party in Turkey, who are Islamists. Now, Turkey is uh, really the longest-lasting secular nation in the Middle East. Uh, as I mentioned, since 1924, Turkey has been a, a largely secular Islamic nation. Recently, we saw the Islamists take over, and under the administration of Prime Minister Erdogan and President Gul, we are seeing the creeping Islamis Islamization of one of the more secular nations uh, in the Middle East. And Turkey is taking a leadership role in all of these things, and uh, we're also seeing the move toward what the Bible refers to as the, the covenant of death. It's a seven-year peace treaty that it says the nation of Israel would enter into with the surrounding nations, and it would be a peace treaty that would eventually be broken. Now, uh, I mentioned some of the parallels and the anti-parallels earlier between Islamic apocalyptic belief and what the Bible teaches, um, the Antichrist, according to the Bible, would enter into this seven-year peace treaty with Israel, and then in Islamic tradition, the Islamic Mahdi would also specifically rule for a period of seven years. So the Islamic Messiah figure would reign for seven years, and he would enter into a covenant with Israel specifically during that time, and, and this covenant would be mediated with an individual who they say would be a... Uh, a, uh, a a Levite, a priest. And so there again you have another very strikingly clear parallel. Uh, so as we're seeing in the Middle East, we're seeing the push now, even under the Bush administration, for a peace treaty with the surrounding, between Israel and the surrounding nations. We're seeing the beginning of the emergence of this revived uh, Islamic caliphate. 
we're seeing we're seeing all of the signs that the Bible says would be present in the last days. We're seeing them emerge right before our eyes right now in the Middle East. Joel Richardson's our guest uh, this hour, Exonition. His website is www.joels-trumpet.com. When you're out talking about your books, Joel, and you're meeting people around the world, what is the general general feeling about people when they're they're talking to you about Islam and are people necessarily totally negative towards Islam or are they, are they are they just wondering why there are so there's so much hatred so much negativity uh, well as you know Rob the uh the, the ideas of religious pluralism really dominate the Western mindset. And so many in, in, in the United States and in the West would just love to believe the old adage that all paths lead to the same place and that all religions at their core are essentially good and all religions are essentially from God and they all share these common traits. But they fail to take into consideration that perhaps 1,400 years ago in the Middle East, that someone like a David Koresh or like a Jim Jones rose up, a cult leader, a narcissist at the core, and rather than being wiped out in the jungles of Guyana or rather than being, uh, you know, murdered by the American government, Muhammad succeeded and his religion spread. And unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier, there is evil in the world. And so while few people in the, in the West really want to face up to the fact that Islam at its core is an intolerant, uh, militaristic, totalitarian ideology, they don't want to admit that a world religion could be at its very core an evil, an evil oppressive force in the earth. They don't want to face that fact. They'd rather say Islam is a religion of peace that's been hijacked by radicals. The fact of the matter is, is that anyone who truly studies the source text of Islam, who truly studies the life and example of Muhammad, will have nothing other than to admit the fact that it is an evil religion. Let me just give you a few, another few examples. Sure. The Bible, the Bible says that the Antichrist, uh, in the book of Daniel, would show no regard for the desire of women. And that's been debated as far as what that means. But a lot of people say it simply means that the Antichrist would show no regard for women's rights, for the desires of women. Now, it was Muhammad himself who, in his 50s, married a six-year-old girl and then consummated that, that relationship just before her ninth birthday when he was in his mid-50s. Uh, it was Muhammad himself who uh, claimed to have a vision of hell, and he declared that the majority of the inhabitants of hell were women. It was Muhammad himself who, in discussing the, the Islamic law, that in court, the testimony of a woman is only half as good as a man, and that it, you need two women to equal the testimony of one man. And Muhammad said, well, that is because women are deficient in intelligence to men. So when you have this individual that Muslims look to literally as the role model for all of humanity, as the perfect man, Islam is undeniably the premier force uh, in terms of oppressing women, and violating women's rights throughout the earth today. And there's no one, there's no one, whether they're, they're the most, uh, you know, 
given over to to religious pluralism and determined to believe that all religions are good, there is no one who will concede to the to the notion that that is good in any way, shape, or form. Uh, just in Pakistan, just this past week, a nine-year-old girl who was married to a man in his 40s desired to be divorced. As a result, her family killed her because okay. she was not. She was bringing shame to the family. A nine-year-old girl married to a 40-year-old man. That is evil, and that is something that whether we're, we're extremely conservative or extremely liberal, we cannot tolerate. You know, here in the United States, we value these principles of openness and tolerance, and these are wonderful principles that made this nation uh, a great nation. But unfortunately, we've literally made a national idol to this concept of, of uh, tolerance. And we need to take the principles of human rights, civil liberties, freedoms, and we need to always prioritize those above tolerance. Unfortunately, Islam forces us to choose between those two because within Islam, you cannot have both. You cannot tolerate Islam, which is a, at its very core a freedom-destroying, human rights-violating ideology. And all one really needs to do is look to any nation throughout the earth that attempts to practice Islamic law, whether it be Saudi Arabia or Iran or uh, the Afghanistan under the Taliban, and you will see some of the most gross violations of human rights, women's rights, children's rights, non-Muslim rights, uh, uh, and, and Muslims as well, uh, of any nation throughout the world. Uh, Muslims are always the first victims of Islam. And so as we discuss these things, you know, I'll be accused of intolerance and hatred and that sort of thing. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, you know, if I love someone, I'm going to tell them the truth, and I'm going to stand up for the Muslim that's oppressed, uh, as well as the non-Muslim that's oppressed. And, and you know, it's it's a dark, dark picture. But as I said, uh, you know, if one believes in the Bible, that the day will come when all of these things will be corrected, and all of these things will be righted, and indeed the world will live in peace uh, in in the near days to come. Joel, stand by. We've got to take our final break. Joel Richardson is our guest www.joels-trumpet.com When we come back, we'll take a look at who's going to be with us tomorrow night here on the X-Zone, live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you've ever wondered about past lives or even life between lives, and you think the whole idea is a little strange, you're not alone. Dr. Georgina Cannon, author of the books Return, Past Life Regression, and You, and her latest book, Discovering the Interlife, writes her books to remove the woo-woo from these regression protocols and to show the therapeutic benefit and opportunities that happen with these journeys. Discovering the Interlife is the one book you'll need as you continue on your life journey. As Shirley MacLaine said about the book, This is a very, very powerful work. So be kind to yourself and find out more about Discovering the Interlife at www.lifebetweenlivescanada.com. That's www.lifebetweenlivescanada.com. You'll be glad you did. 
to contact Dr. Georgina Cannon at the Ontario Hypnosis Centre in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, visit www.ontariohypnosiscenter.com. What's new, Pussycat? The cat is finally out of the bag. Secrets of Cat Attitude Revealed. This is the no copycat book that gives you the X Factor in personable insight and experience to understanding cat behavior and solving problems from the cat's point of view. Learn the secrets of Cat Attitude Revealed by Carolyn Bartz that will take the relationship with your cat up a notch and to the next level. Discover why cat owners live longer, healthier lives. Medical facts revealed and why your cat can't help it. Digital photos to guide you in cat care. Safety tips. Historical and myth gems, and a fun and lightning quiz. The perfect gift for smart cat owners and cat lovers. If you love your cat, take the journey now. Don't wait. To order your copy of Secrets of Cat Attitude Revealed, visit www.secretsofcatattitudedrevealed.com. Secrets of Cat Attitude Revealed, the perfect gift for smart cat owners and cat lovers. Have you exhausted all traditional means of healing without success? Are you experiencing communications through ghosts, angels, or even extraterrestrials and want to validate these experiences? Or would you simply like to speak with someone who can help you find your life's purpose? I'm Dr. Joseph Mara, and I'm offering my services to humanity at this time through consultations. These consultations include angel card readings, guided meditations, life coaching, and energy healing. If you desire clarity of what may appear to be unexplainable phenomenon, then contact me through my website at a guiding light spelled L-I-T-E dot com to schedule your consultation today. Until then, I offer you love, light, and laughter. Thank everyone. I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking all our guests tonight. And uh, let me see, Pastor Harry, Lisa Lindley, Ellie Marzulli, and our guest this hour, Joel Richardson. On tomorrow night's show, we're going to be talking to the Sorceress of the Himalayas. We're going to be speaking to Dr. Harold Katz about the connection between gun disease and cancer. Michael Horn joins us. He is the North American representative for the Billy Meyer Group. And Mitch Batros with Earth Changes Update. Joel Richardson is our guest this hour, www.joels-trumpet.com. And, uh, Joel, uh, the, um, the, the younger people in the uh, Islamic Muslim community, are they becoming more liberal or are they still holding on to the old ways and and uh, continuing the within the Muslim uh, religion? Well, it depends where you are. In Iran, 
there are certainly uh, the liberalization of a lot of the youth, but at the same side in nations like uh, Egypt today, we're seeing a revival of Islamic extremism. Uh, you know, there's a lot of interesting trends throughout the Islamic world. Uh, one of the trends certainly worth mentioning is that there are many, many Muslims, uh, really unprecedented in history in terms of the numbers of Muslims that are converting to Christianity. And one of the overriding reasons that many Muslims are coming to faith in Christ is due to supernatural dreams and visions. I was just uh, speaking with uh, someone on my blog, or they made mention that just this past week a man strolled up to their church and said, where are the Iranians meeting? I just had a dream of a man in a white robe with pierced hands who told me that he is truly God, he is truly the Messiah, and he told me to come to this church. Uh, missionary accounts throughout the Muslim world are sharing stories in, in an identical fashion. Muslims are having supernatural dreams and visions of a man in a white robe who claims to be Jesus Christ, who is leading them to supernaturally uh, convert to Christianity. It's a, it's, a, it's a documentable phenomenon that's taking place, uh, but unfortunately there are, there are as well many Muslims, young Muslims, that are being radicalized and you know, obviously we could get yeah. into the effects of the war on terror and all that's taking place, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty wild time, you know, the 1960s throughout the Middle East, I guess. Joel, I want to thank you very much for joining us tonight. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and I look forward to talking to you again here in the X-Zone. Hey, you bet. Thanks for having me on, Rob. Take care, sir. Joel Richardson, wwwjoels Trumpet. Com. Well, that's it for tonight, everyone. I'd like to take this opportunity of thanking each and every one of you for joining us tonight here on the Exxon. After all, this is truly a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. To my producer, the one and only Miss Stephanie, thank you, Steffi, for keeping us up on those four big satellites in the sky, Galaxy 4R, Telstar 7, Aglia 2, and on G3. To my wife and senior producer, the lovely Laura Rogers, thank you, sweetheart. And uh, Exo Nation, we're going to be back tomorrow night at 10 o'clock as once again we cross this time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exo, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Once again, on tomorrow night's show, we're going to be speaking to the sorceress of the Himalayas. Dr. Harold Katz is going to talk to us about the connection between gum disease and cancer. Michael Horn from the Billy Meyer Group. He is the North American representative for Billy Meyer. And Mitch Batros with Earth Changes Update. So until tomorrow night, if you have a child at home, give them a hug, give them a kiss. Tell them they are loved because they are truly our richest resource. And always keep your eyes to the sky and your heart.